This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hi Anna Hi Andrew And hey everybody else and welcome to our podcast, Scary, Scary Stories, Stories to, to Tell on the pod. pod. It is a funny podcast that is about ghosts, um, hosted by two friends. And that's the vibe. That is the absolute distillation of what the podcast is. And at this point, we hope you like it. We love the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark books. We agree that there should be a more serious research podcast about that. Mm-hmm. And we are sorry that that does not exist. But we think that this is pretty fun. I, you know what? I'm having a blast. We're two and a half years in. We, Oh, my God. We're walking and talking. We've got teeth. <laughs> We're starting to contend with loss. <laughs> We're still dancing at funerals. We don't know what that is. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we kind of, we have hair. <laughs> oh, um, man. Anna, I'm coming to you from a very misty, moisty uh, Los Angeles morning. I, I've I've seen from my little phone weather app that it's drizzling in LA. How does it feel to have spooky weather? I feel like I'm looking out upon the moor when normally I'm looking out upon LA actors warming up for an audition, you know? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I drank the Dima tap. I drank <laughs> Oh my god. That is so fun. Uh it, it's also misty in New York, but you wow. know, nothing new. December mist. I just was. This is the most boring way to start a podcast. But I was just reading that um, that there will be no snow in New York City in December, which I think is the first time that's happened in a while. That's probably a good thing, right? Oh yeah, probably good. And um, also all the ducks are flying straight into the ground, so that's also great. <laughs> They're all very aroused, but they are dying. <laughs> um, oh. as I watch a bird hit its head against a branch, I hope that's a woodpecker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't assume. <laughs> um, I've seen the happening. Um, but just well, the happening I, for birds, that would be. It is the happening for birds. It's a movie for birds. <laughs> People shouldn't watch it. They won't like it. Um, and as you can hear, I have a cold and I'm really riding that as far as it'll take me. I love the drama. I like for for much of my youth, I feel like kind of having a cold was like a fun new thing to add to your personality. You know, I think I 100% feel that with every fiber. I mean, like, I I worry sometimes that I have Munchausen's because I 
I crave being sick so much. <laughs> I do. I do remember like there would always be a kid in school who was like sick that they they had like a cold that lasted two weeks. They were out of school for two weeks, and then they were kind of a celebrity when they came back. <laughs> yes. oh my god you basically were on the same level as girl who has to wake up at 4 30 to to figure skate before school (laughs) wow yes like your tiny peer who is like still young enough that she's competitive with ice skating god God, that girl i'd give anything (laughs) if i had to go back to being 11 and i could be that girl i'd consider it Oh my God, Anna. It's so like, that is a type. I can't believe I had forgotten about that type of kid. Maybe it's just in colder climates, but the girl, I I feel also like girl who had to wake up to do gymnastics. Mm -hmm. Maybe there are other things. Please write in with the other kinds of yeah, of girl. I remember our our middle school, like it was as though a bomb went off when a kid who went to my (laughs) school was an adult banana commercial. People lost their minds. He was dancing with a banana. That is cool, no matter what age you are. <laughs> I know. Oh, my goodness. I know. I really was like, well, everything is happening. Like, everything is happening, and anything is possible for me. Because it's this electrifying. kid was dance with a banana. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay, now the tree outside my window is full of birds hitting their heads <gasps> Wait, you're, you weren't joking about the bird hitting its head? No. Oh, Anna. I Listen, I... There, uh, there's a lot. I assume that that's either a thing that birds do, or they're woodpeckers, or they're losing their minds. But it's, <laughs> well, it feels we really like they're stumbled, making fun of me. We really did stumble across happening for birds, and you we know, did. We would hate um, for this to be um, a, a historical moment that we can look back on and be like, "Wow, that was it." Certainly not. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Well, Andrew, should we start with a an email from uh, a tooth expert? I okay yes. So first, there is an email from a tooth expert that we received that I that I am thrilled to share with all of you. Um, and the subject line, quite simply, teeth are bones. Hi, oh. friends. As a certified bioanthropology undergrad degree holder, a degree where you get graded on how well you can draw and differentiate human bones, I can confirm <laughs> that teeth are bones. And yes, they are the only visible part of our skeleton during our lives. <laughs> during our lives, during our it's lives. Imp- <laughs> you can't is, get docked points is on a- your bone drawing exam for not including the fact that we all die. <laughs> <laughs> I was forced to study individual disarticulated human teeth on the reg, and it is upsetting to think about till this day. Oh my God, Anna! Individual disarticulated. What human does disarticulated teeth. mean? Um, maybe they've they've gotten worn down a little bit. Um, disarticulated. Uh, separate bones at the joints. Oh, so just loose. Yeah, teeth. so they're just loose. Yeah. Ugh. Um. So thank you for taking me back there. Oh, also we studied. We <laughs> studied. Studied. Grab. Okay. Grab. Oh, also we studied real human bones. 
dead people because in the 60s, apparently, <laughs> universities could buy human bones and never had to return them afterwards. This did not sink into my young brain until we were assigned a whole skeleton and told to do a full analysis of it. Sex, age, ethnicity, by the way, anthropology is very problematic. And when I figured out who my bones were, it was a very sad conclusion to the project. Oh, no. No. I don't want to have to figure out who the bones are. How is that school? That's like a saw (laughs) thing. That is theater school. I'm sorry. You paid that absolutely. (laughs) I think the like emotional hangover is similar. Oh, anyways, thanks for bringing attention to this little thought, horrifying fact about our skeleton. Appreciate you all, Megan. Thank you, Megan. We appreciate your expertise. Um, Megan, yeah, we are we are thankful that teeth are bones. We are thankful. We are for thankful that, that you took the time. We are so sorry. <laughs> I know that you were handed a dead body. Anthropology <laughs> is wild now. This is too much. Okay, class, here's a a corpse. Find out their name by looking at their pelvis. Oh, God. My corpse is also named Megan. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I know we talked about this before, but when Anne and I were freshmen in college, we we were assigned to go to the bodies exhibit, uh, which was a traveling. What class was that for? Was that for like um, movement? Yeah, it was for one of our movement classes. And we were sent there. Which, if you don't know what the bodies exhibit is, it is a traveling show of real human bodies that have been desiccated, but they don't have any skin. So you're just seeing muscle and sinew. And it, at the time, I remember thinking, like, it's 2006 and everything is normal and I'm an adult. And now, really looking back, that that whole, um, that whole, that whole show was a deeply complicated, problematic one, I do believe. Because am I, am I correct that those bodies were all like prisoners' bodies from some other country? Yeah, I, that's the story. I think like there was then some debate about that, but I do think that that is true. Like it's these people did not <laughs> consent to like. The craziest fucking thing. I like, know what happened to you. They would be dancing. Someone would be throwing footballs. Like it would be a a person's entire circulatory system in the shape of a person, like giving a peace sign and pretending to jerk off. <laughs> and then next to that would be like a person's entire nervous system. Yes, that was like doing the macarena and like. <laughs> pretending to fart and then like (laughs) someone's muscles were like butterflied away from their bones and they were like watching friends but like ironically and it's just like what and it was all under the guise of like this is educational yes um but like and I, i definitely remember having the same feeling that you just talked about where it's like well i'm a grown up and i can hang with this i can absolutely hang with this right but it really is just like a Stanford prison experiment kind of thing where like you just see what people are willing to um be okay with. Yeah. We, it's weird. We had a we had a tender hearted classmate who after after we went to it, she just like broke down crying and I was like, Oh, what's wrong? And she was like, Those were real people. And I was like, Oh, oh. right. <laughs> like I think in my head I I had sort of been like 
surely these are not actual bodies. You know, my brain had convinced me of that. And then the you were like smoking a clove cigarette, wearing a beret with a price (laughs) tag still on it. Like, who cares, loser girl? (laughs) And then you're also crying by the time you're done saying I know, truly. And then that was like, yeah, I remember... I don't know. It's sort of the um, the equivalent to how I felt when when our friend Emily and I were chased by that man who roared at us like a werewolf. Where I'm kind of like, this isn't happening, right? Um, which has really been an important thing to contend with uh, in terms of evolving politically. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so I just googled bodies exhibit ethics, which it absolutely um, filled in for me. Oh wow. Um, this is from August 2006, which is when we were. <laughs> wow. Um, this is from NPR. Um, Nada Ulabi wrote it for All Things Considered. Um, exhibitions of human cadavers have been traveling the country for two years now, shown in science museums and other spaces. Shows featuring corpses that have been preserved and solidified through a process called plastination. Have <gasps> been wildly successful, but dogged by criticism. Um, one delicate ethical concern stands above all others: whether the bodies were legitimately obtained. Dr. Gunther von Hagens, no. the inventor of plastination and the impresario behind the Body Worlds exhibitions. No. This is a Bond villain. Done. He invented Done. a way to turn bodies into wax sculptures? This is too much. Dr. Gunther, I mean, I'm glad that he's a doctor, but it also, yeah. that's a creepy part of it, <laughs> um, says that every whole body exhibited in North America comes from fully informed European and American donors who gave permission in writing for their bodies to be displayed. The science museums that have hosted Body Worlds also make this exhibit. Okay, so this is the other thing. There are two called wait. Oh. oh Body Worlds. Wait, no, there's Body Worlds and then the Bodies exhibit. Oh, there were two wait, different hold on. ones. And then he says, quote, what I certainly never use for public exhibitions are unclaimed bodies, prisoners, bodies from <gasps> mental institutions that executed prisoners, oh. Von Hagen says. Okay. Wait. Okay, Chinese medical schools supply Von Huggins with unclaimed bodies, which he plastinates and sells to universities. Von Huggins used to take cadavers from the former Soviet Union, but he stopped after body trafficking scandals in Russia and the Kyrgyz Republic. Oh, my well, God. Gunther, listen to your gut. You gotta stop. This Five is years true. ago, so this is 2001, customs officers intercepted 56 bodies and hundreds of brain samples sent from the Novosibirsk Medical Academy to von Hagen's lab in Heidelberg, Germany. You shouldn't be allowed to have a lab in Germany. <laughs> I, I know. Let's give I know at least you the Pfizer years. vaccine. That's the deal. You, ha- you know science. You have <laughs> to do dance. I'm so sorry. Ugh. The cadavers were traced to a Russian medical examiner who was convicted last year of illegally selling the bodies of homeless people, prisoners, and indigent hospital patients. Stop that. That... Stop it. I'm I'm calling an audible. We're not doing that. Yeah. Don't. You you have to not do that. Oh, my God. Von Huggins was not charged with any wrongdoing and says his cadavers are obtained only through proper legal and ethical channels. Still, NPR has learned there's no clear paper trail from willing donors to exhibited bodies. People donating their bodies to Von Hagen's. Please don't do this. Send consent forms to his Institute for Plastination. That's the name of it. Institute for Plastination is in caps. They have to pay to have their bodies transported to a plastination facility. There, their donor forms and death certificates are checked. Oh, that I'm going to send myself alive there with just a donor <laughs> form and not a death certificate to see if they check. 
See if you can give the person who opens the crate a heart attack. Boom. Hi. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm silly. Uh, can I go home, though? I'm sorry. Can I go home? <laughs> Where am I? Where's Novosibirsk? Um, that paperwork is then separated from the bodies, which can be used for displays or sold in pieces to medical schools. No one will know for sure because each plastinated corpse is made anonymous to protect its privacy. Wow. So we put a wig on it. And then this other person, God damn it, Hans Martin Sass, a philosophy professor with a specialty in ethics, was hired by the California Science Center to investigate body worlds before the show's U.S. debut in 2004. He matched over 200 donation forms to death certificates, but he did not match the paperwork to specific bodies Von Hagen's has on display. And then, okay, so Body Worlds should not be confused with its competitor, Bodies, dot, 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 the exhibition. Okay. Gunther Von Hagen's Body Worlds is now in St. Paul, Minnesota, Houston, and Boston. Bodies, dot, 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 the exhibition is in Tampa, Florida, Atlanta, Las Vegas, and New York City. Roy Glover, spokesman for Bodies, dot, 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 the exhibition, says its cadavers, all from China, did not come from willing donors. No. Oh, my God. Okay, so Gunther Von Hagen is tap dancing as fast as he can, being like, we work with ethical sources, <laughs> yada, da, da, da. And then there's just a man named Roy Glover who's like, yeah, no. Yeah. This is a quote from him. They're unclaimed, Glover says. We don't hide from it, and we address it right up front. <laughs> oh, my God. Anna. Roy. Roy. This is too to much. Be clear, it's so I'm not, much worse than I remember. It, I've like I'm not laughing at the idea of unclaimed, but this is, that's a fucking nightmare. I'm laughing right. at a man named Roy being like, "Yeah, we don't know who they are." <laughs> I mean, they're you uh, we know. we tell that to you. That is on the front door. They certainly did not want this, <laughs> and you can buy a keychain with a picture of him oh, no. or her. It's him. Oh my god. Oh my god. For that reason, many venues will not display bodies dot 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 the exhibition. Groups such as the Laogai Research Foundation, which documents human rights abuse in China, have charged that the category of unclaimed bodies in China includes executed political prisoners. No, no, no. You have to stop it. This is terrible. Stop that. Oh, my God. When Bodies the Exhibition first opened in Tampa, Florida last summer, the state anatomical board requested documentation proving the corpses were ethically obtained. Dr. Lynn Romrell, who chairs the board, says it only got a letter from the show's Chinese plastinator asserting that they were. Uh. Quote, he stated that none of the material came from criminal institutions or homes for the mentally insane. But just his word on that, no documents. Uh. Romrell wanted to close the exhibition down, but says the state anatomical board lacked the authority. The owner of Body World says each body he displays can be accounted for, but he is unwilling to make public a complete paper trail. His competition, Bodies the Exhibition, relies on documentation from a country with a problematic human rights record. Even at best, exhibitors say the bodies were not formally donated by people who agreed to be displayed. Despite questions about the two exhibitions, both continue to draw hundreds of thousands of visitors around the country. And some museums are even thinking about adding plastinets to their permanent collection. Oh. Okay, and that's from 2006, so okay. I'm sure there's some update Anna, on that. But listen, let me this see. Is, this I I was I just can't believe that it got to this point. You know, 
Like, everyone went to the bodies exhibit in New York, and they could potentially have been political prisoners. There were, like, ads on the subway that were basically where the, the body would be shot with the same, like, artistic, beautiful photography as, like, a vase in the Met or, like, a Klimt, like... <laughs> And yes. you were just like, I am smart and I like that. I'll go see that. Yeah, wow. Um, but the other thing is like there are museums in New York that are donation-based that are like museum museums. Yes. And then there are museums that are like the Museum of Ice Cream and they cost $28. <laughs> and I definitely remember bodies cost like fully $30. Yes. No, you're right. That is a red flag. That's a red this flag. This is a red flag. Like, yeah. If, you're, if your museum costs a set price of $30, <laughs> it's not a museum. It's a circus. That is very fair. Wow. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, so then in later years, there was like New York Times in 2020 did a story on it, um, a congressional inquiry, an investigation by the governor. Um, people were resigning. Yeah. Um, there was a settlement in 2008. And the front page of the exhibition requires a disclaimer. Okay. Um, cannot independently verify. Da, 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 da. And then, yeah, people um, yeah, people were asking to bury the bodies when it went to Prague. I That's mean, if ever there was a place where a poltergeist-esque haunting would happen. Andrew. I feel it would be that. Because that's a you, lot of very justifiably upset bodies. You are so right. Like, these people are begging for a haunting. I know. This this feels like we're heading into a Winchester situation, you know? Oh, yeah. We're going to have him up and down and all around. <laughs> What's his name? Roy something? Roy Glover. Yeah, Roy Glover's going to make a never-ending condo that just makes no sense. Yeah. Roy, don't do this. Roy, we have questions and we have problems. Anna, thank you so much for sharing that uh, chilling intel. <laughs> I This is a fucking nightmare. I know. It's a nightmare. And we all win. We or all... not not we all i definitely remember yeah. like there were so many field trips that were like because i think it came out when i was still in high school and i grew up in the tri-skate area right the tri-skate area is where people they use <laughs> that's three for the roller girls who wake up at 4 30 three... in the morning yes it oh my god and i want to be that girl let me uh i need to hold on to the sides the whole time i'm skating but i think i could get to the olympics <laughs> 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 but yeah i remember like the one thing they had was the room that like you could bypass the room with a, like a pregnant body. Yes. That but was then a... the, which was like the ethical, the only ethical consideration, the rest of it, it was like, it was, it was the same as like, well, you can, you don't have to dissect the frog if you're a vegetarian. Right. But it's like, well, you don't have to di dissect, dissect the frog, but here's a squirrel. It's like, what? Cause squirrels famously don't have souls. <laughs> God agreed. And I have a second email that, I can't wait. I just had to read. The subject line is so very good. Um, Anna, the subject line for this email is, Late for Pride, a middling witch cursed my gay mom. <laughs> oh. Get, get into it. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. It's me, everybody else. <laughs> That's good. a great intro. Several years ago, my non-birth, non-stepmom, as in she was there when I was born but not doing the birthing, was working as a high-level bureaucrat in a small-town local government. <laughs> oh. This is off to a great start. 
Um, to set the scene, she wore pantsuits, printed blouses, and extremely pointed shoes that clacked on the linoleum so that, to quote her, everyone will hear me coming. <laughs> I can't. And this is the listener who has four gay moms. This is the, yes, this is Griffin, who um, we gave advice about having a um, a, a scary gift. And I, this is, I am so jealous. This rocks. Um, everyone will hear me coming. No one will hear me coming. Oh, so everyone will hear me coming. She's the scary kind of girl boss that came up in the 90s, the first to adopt the Blackberry and the last to let it go. (laughs) I would give anything to be Griffin. Wow. One of her employees was a woman who was not super good at the whole having a job thing. I feel that (laughs) deeply. Um, The way my mom put it, it was like she just didn't want to work. I mean, tag yourself. Finally, my mom (laughs) called this woman into her office and told her she needed to step it up, take more initiative, blah, 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 grind your soul into oil for the machine, whatever. The woman said something about it being a hostile work environment, and as she went to leave, she did this. She pressed her palms together, mumbled something under her breath, and then pushed her palms out at my mom. Now, had I been in my mom's situation, I would have said nothing and proceeded to think about it every day for the rest of my life. (laughs) But my mom asked the woman what she had just whispered, and the woman replied, I hope everything you do bad to me comes back to you threefold. Not the most poetic, but definitely evocative. My mom's response to this was to sigh and say, I'm going to have to discipline you because no one hexes the boss. <laughs> no one hexes the boss. Why but- does your family not have a show? I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that, is, that is Christine from Selling Sunset level quotability. <laughs> um, the, the, the quote's not over. I'm sorry. I can't have people hexing me and get away with it. <laughs> In her formal official government document write-up of this incident, my mom wrote, (laughs) you turned around and you hexed me and that's not appropriate work behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think this woman was about as good as a witch as she was an employee because while she ultimately got fired, nothing bad ended up happening to my mom. Unless you count her daughter switching majors from biology to film. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course, I'm relieved the hex didn't work. I must say it is a bit of a letdown. I'll also say, through the lens of a 2021 saturated with anti-capitalist memes, I'm kind of on the failed witch's side. Working is terrible, and claims (laughs) of a hostile work environment should be taken seriously. That said, I think my mother is generally a pretty good and honest person who's very passionate about civil service. Local government is important, taxpayer-funded, and not the place to be bad at your job. If you want to waste people's time and money, do it in the private sector like I do. Oh, my gosh. Griffin is great. Uh, It's worth noting that in her free time, this woman was a cobbler. Wow. (laughs) A part-time cobbler. A part-time cobbler. You don't always find that. Wow. Um, I find this immediately endearing, and it leads me to this hypothesis. Hex not – oh, hex not work because actually she elf. (laughs) Oh, Anyway, that's the story of when my gay mom got cursed. I wish I'd had the foresight to send this during Pride Month, but I figured that much like spooky, gay isn't seasonal either. We have always said that. Gay is not seasonal. Um, Please see the photo below featuring me and all four moms walking hand in hand across a rainbow crosswalk in Seattle. Look at Are all these moms. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. This is a great this is a great cadre of moms. And these are these these are young moms. I know. Young cool gay moms. Oh my god. Okay, we've got we've got button down under a sweater mom. We've got puffer vest mom. We've got Patagonia 
uh, jacket mom and we've got denim jacket. The four mom. genders. And a, a sweet, tall child with boots. I love that. I love oh, that. Um, this is good. Before I sign off, I just want to thank you both for this podcast. In the murkier days of quarantine, these episodes dropping were my only indication of what day of the week it was. <laughs> you kept me going and inspired me to write a spooky slash funny poem every day in the month of October, which is a tradition I'm going to keep up every year. I'd like to share also – I'd like to share my favorite because I think you'd enjoy it and also I'm obsessed with myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this, uh, this this poem is entitled October 3rd. Ghost bras for ghost boobs. My phone is full of ghostly nudes. See-through nipples, see-through butts. I love those nasty see-through sluts. <laughs> what on earth? This is... This the batting average of this email is off the charts. It's through the roof. The rest oh. can be found on my Instagram at Finkel. Oh, at Finn Kelly Griff. F-I-N-K-E-L-L-Y-G-R-I-F. Thanks again for everything. Wishing you all of it forever, Griffin She Her. Griffin, another Griffin. Banger. Thank you. Uh, listen, Griffin, I want to say something to Griffin. <laughs> I know that of all the people on this planet, you in particular are in no need of extra moms. That said, <laughs> I would love to apply for me and Andrew to be two more moms. Please. Why not? Yeah. Let us in. That would be a true joy. Griffin, this is so good. I'm just saying, here's my, Andrew, this is my wish for 2022. Yes. You and I, Griffin, all four moms, Mm -hmm. and Ayan. Yeah. And the Owl Dad's son. Yes. And all of our other listeners. But I'll just start with the five of yes. Griffin. We'll have brunch. That would be great. That would be great. Um, a a a, a listener, a listener brunch of all of the um of all the legendary children of the email list. Uh, oh my god. Uh Dead Frankie. Or Dead, dead Mikey. Frank- dead, dead Mikey. Mikey. Dead Frankie, someone else. <laughs> <laughs> dead Frankie is just a dead Frank. <laughs> no. Most Franks are dead. Most I have to Franks say. are dead. Um, oh my god, Andrew! This is the best episode ever. This is a really good it. one, Anna. <laughs> I read a whole NPR article, <laughs> and you read an amazing email, and that was great. Oh man! Um, also, Anna, I don't know. Maybe, maybe now is a good time to talk about um, the fact that everybody we have loved doing this podcast so much. And Andrew, they're getting scared. I, I can feel them getting scared. I know, I know. And everything's, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be it's okay. It's going to be okay. Strong. Yes. Reach inside, grab the strong. Um, And this podcast has been one of the great joys of my life, Anna. Um, and we are going to end it at the end of this year, right before Christmas. We are going to go on a permanent hiatus. <laughs> Now, until we do more, which is maybe sometime. Yes, and the, and here's the thing. Yeah, the, here, Anna and I are not dying. We're no. still we're still gonna be around. We still love spooky stuff. Spooky is still not seasonal. Um, it's and, not. And I have I have a great deal of faith that we will we will do something else involving spooky things that we will let you all know about. Um, yes. But but uh, we just wanted to say that uh, truly the whole reason that this podcast has worked and has been such a joy is because of all of you. 
And um, we love you all so much. You're you're the best listenership we can imagine. Um, we we hope we can all stay in touch. <laughs> the email address all will, of us. we're not deleting the email. So, you know, feel free to keep sending stuff, not deleting the Twitter, not deleting the Instagram. Um, but uh, but yeah, we just wanna we wanna thank you all and, and the good folks at Forever Dog for hosting us for two and a half years and um enjoying spooky things with us. That was beautifully said, Andrew. Um, thank you for everything you do for this family. <laughs> um yeah, this is so nice. I mean, from when from when it was 2019. Yes. Until now. Wow. <laughs> it And those were the times. Anna, it will have it will be like we will have done 225 episodes, which is pretty <gasps> unbelievable. <laughs> is that a record? Has anyone ever done more podcasts than that? I think we have done the most podcasts in human existence. Good. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> and that's something spooky that happened to all of us this week is that the podcast is dying. <laughs> And it will become a ghost. And it will become there will be there will be a ghost podcast. Also, you can still continue to listen to this podcast whenever you want. You can, yeah, and that will be that will be a ghost. That will be ghost. I mean, there's at least two hundred hours of us talking that you can always have access to, which I think is great. And if you if you play the stuff you haven't listened to in a while, it will be like you're hearing it for the first time. And if you get like a massive head injury, <laughs> right. maybe a lot of it will feel new. <laughs> But don't do that. And the other good news is there's still there's still a chunk of episodes left. So um, yes. we thought we thought we would we we thought we would soft float this out to you now, just so that mm-hmm. right before Christmas you don't hear that your parents are splitting up. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah. It's, but yeah. But again, Anne and I are still around. We're, I mean, listen, there's still a lot of terrible movies for us to watch, and we still have yet to make good on our promise to Katie Fischel. <laughs> So, Listen, I wasn't here, so I know I don't that's my it. fault. That really is my. Fault. I w- I don't respect it, and I don't respect Katie, and that's the last <laughs> thing I want to say. On this no, she's great. Oh, um, but but oh, yeah, God. and and the other thing is, everybody, we Ann and I uh, famously are so very behind on reading emails. Um, for example, this one from Griffin today was from July third, so. So uh, we just want you to know we so appreciate all of you who have sent stories. Obviously, we can't we can't read everyone, um, but we, we don't have producer. It's just me and <laughs> well, we don't have someone who like read email. It's just right. the two of us. Right, right. We we don't. Yeah, we we don't have um, unpaid intern. You know, we don't. Um, our intern is a ghost, and ghosts can't ticky type. I know our intern just writes things in the fog on our mirrors after a shower. It's really annoying. Um, but yeah, but, but again, again, Anne and I aren't going anywhere. Um, the podcast is just, uh, much like Queen Elizabeth passing into a new phase. <laughs> yes. Do we think she, she will not be seen for a while. Do we think she's dead? No. The queen? She's not. Is right? that what people are saying? I, there's like a conspiracy theory that she's, that maybe she died and that they're just saying like, um, you know, like, I don't point. know. I don't know why they I would lie that. about that, but. I don't want for her to be dead, but no. I do like a conspiracy. Yeah. Hey. Um, That's but fair. In any event, uh, also maybe in these next couple weeks, send us what your favorite moments have been or what your favorite episodes have been. We'd love to see them. Um, we love seeing your Spotify wrap ups. It's always astounding to me when people have listened to hunt like a hundred hours. Of us. God, it's <laughs> and, perfect. But we're honored. We're honored. And we truly, should capitalize and make a cult. As I said before, we we love you all, gentle listeners, very much, and um, and are very grateful uh, 
that you found us and with that we found you. Yes, but we do have to say, get, get out forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. 